0: Hello and welcome to the We Disrupt Sales Podcast. My name is Will Chibbers and I'm joined by my co-host Faseem Khan. And we're here to interview some of the world's most influential sales leaders, revenue officers and executives on the
1: planet. William, episode four, We Disrupt Sales Podcast. Who do we have on the show today and what are we going to talk about?
0: So today we have Ollie Sharp. Ollie's the VP of revenue at a company called Sales Loft. And today we're going to be talking about what he learned from LinkedIn around the importance of company values how you need to look at making your company values, and how you can bake them into your employer branding. So across the recruitment process, you can find the right talent that meets the culture that you're looking to create. I love this episode, and it taught us a lot about what we need to look at when it comes to building the right culture. So I hope you enjoy it as much as we did.
1: Brilliant. Let's get into the episode.
0: Ollie, great to have you on the show. It'd be great if you could kick off a little bit about yourself and what got you into sales.
2: My name's Ollie Sharp. I'm VP of revenue for a mere uh, sales loft. I um, originally fell into sales because I did a graphic design degree and then realised I couldn't use a computer to design. So I went for a marketing job that turned out to be door-to-door sales. Uh, so I did that and then broke my ankle and went into recruitment. No one plans to go to sales or recruitment. I spent 10 years recruiting sales people and VP's of sales uh, different levels um in the UK and then uh, all within technology and then after 10 years there I joined LinkedIn and spent 10 years at LinkedIn from through got during a high growth period um started in sales and moved into leadership and set up teams and developed teams at LinkedIn and then I joined uh sales Moft April last year and uh, to head up Amir, build, uh, set up an office, set up a sales team, support team and everything over here in Amir. And um, yeah, that's what I'm doing now.
0: And, and Ollie, all the conversations we've had around how you build your team, how you build your culture is all around the company values you put in place. So I think as a starting point, it'd be great if you could break down around what taught you the importance of company values and kind of what that's brought with you along your sales career.
2: I think that when I was in recruitment, I had the same view as lots of salespeople, very cynical because a lot of people had come to find a new job and said this company said they had all of these these core values or, or whatever. And they were just writing on a wall that nobody stuck by. And that became I realized that was a big reason why people leave jobs. But also I became that cynic. And then when I joined LinkedIn, I was that cynic. I just went out oh, another company, just uh, just putting it on the wall and not living by it. And it was so different. I actually realised how important um, culture and values were. So we uh, LinkedIn, they had specific culture and values, and the culture was we, Mike Gamson defined it as the culture is who we are and who we aspire to be. The values are the ideas. Um, that govern our actions and decisions. And that's the best way to think about it. I mean, core values are so important that it helps you make your decisions as a business. It helps you recruit. It helps in every way to make sure you're doing the right thing and people know what they should be doing. Um, so it very quickly taught me the importance of these at LinkedIn. Um, so as as much as that, when I was looking for a job, when I left LinkedIn after 10 years, the most important thing to me was culture. And if they met my requirements or we, we aligned on culture, should we say, rather than my requirements, it, um, it, it had to do that for me to go to join a company. And I think that really a lot of people nowadays do make a decision down on culture. And it's it's not specifically we're all different as people and companies are different it's not that every company is right for every person and it's like there's other companies in our space or allied spaces that simply some people are better fit to join their company than mine or my company rather than theirs so it is just like a matchmaking thing to make sure that your yeah, the, the culture aligns with the person that you're taking on so
0: if you take an objective view in terms of the values at LinkedIn and, wh- and where the success has been at LinkedIn and both what you're doing at Sales Loft, what do you think you did that that made you able to kind of live and breathe your company values?
2: I, I think that really core values should really be just obvious. I think that they should portray how we act and stuff. And I don't think it it's not about building them to be something that you can't be or something we're not it is something that just it defines how we act a little bit so i think it's a a case of i mean i've not built them at sales loft they were already built when i joined but when i saw carl porter being interviewed when he spoke about them talking about team over self and glass half full and and we have five of them here i realized that i could tell from the way that these were written and what they were saying that were realistic and relevant at the same time and i don't think it's about ramming them down people's throat constantly telling people how they need to act i think it's about making sure that as leaders we are following core values all the time and making sure that we are accountable for doing that if they're if the core values are right then it should just be something that we do ethically anyway um so i mean it is things like putting a customer first we all think about it but It's about calling that out when somebody is doing it, making sure that we're we're showing that people are following core values when they do something right. Um, And I have experienced people that are just reiterating the exact terminology for it every time. That didn't work for me. It might work for some. It didn't work for me. I just wanted someone to go, oh, brilliant. You did this, which is right for the customer. Brilliant. It's it's right. It's aligned with our core values, which is why I appreciate it. So, I think it's just showing that they are doing the right, that if someone's doing it, they're probably doing the right thing and making sure they recognize that it is something that we're doing that helps sort of uh, bring it out a little bit more and people to realize that they do actually work. And when I've been advising people in the past, um people come to me for advice. And a lot of the time when it's around sales, a lot of people will come to me because I have this mindset of as long as you're recruiting the right people and showing them how to do it and setting expectations at the beginning, concentrate on their happiness. And but a lot of people come to me asking more about, OK, but what happens if they're not hitting? What happens if they're not acting in the right way? And my first question is, well, if they're not acting in the right way, have you actually explained what the right way is? Do you have core values? And most, uh, most of the time the answer is no. They haven't set out core values or they've set them out and they've not actually uh, socialized them. So nobody knows what they are. So there's no point in even having them. So I think it's just making sure that you show you, you define them, you socialize them um, across your team and set expectations. And that helps you with performance conversations, as well as making decisions as a business and everything you're doing.
0: I guess to to, to bring this in life, because you said some really interesting things there. Could you talk us through a little bit more about what the values are at Salesloft and what you've done consistently to help put them in place uh, within your company culture?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, the, we have five. The first one is putting in the customer first, just making sure that when we're making decisions, we're always thinking about our customers. Um, team over self, so making sure that we are not that lone wolf. We're thinking about our team. We're sharing what works. Um, glass half full, this isn't about thinking uh, uh, positive and unrealistic the whole time it's about realistic optimism and really working um uh, when faced with adversity working out what is the right way forward and not just blindly thinking positively um you can turn things around just with your mindset and i did a talk about this internally recently and i'll come back to that so um focus on results is the fourth one um, and bias towards action. Focus on results is there. It's it, And it's not necessarily about sales results. It's about getting a result from your actions. And then bias towards action just means that rather than just talking and thinking about things, we actually work towards something. And what have we done to I think that when we sit down and someone comes to you and says, right, I'm thinking about doing X or Y. If you can say right, well, which do you feel aligns best with putting the customer first? If that helps them guide to make them make them do the right and make the right decision, then that's what they're there for. And I think what I've done. Just last week, we have a sales all hands uh, within the company and I talked about resilience in my life. Uh, it wasn't really work that taught me about resilience, it was more my personal life um, that taught me a lot about resilience. We, when my, my wife suffered many miscarriages, then my daughter got diagnosed with diabetes, then my wife had cancer and it taught me a lot about how you handle situations and I gave a talk to the revenue organisation about that about how i dealt with adversity over the time to make sure that um uh, i followed sort of glass half full
1: no that's that's really interesting and thank you for sharing that because um i I can appreciate that's you know that's probably not an an easy thing to share so so really really good examples um so when when you when you look at salespeople um you know naturally you know i use myself and will as an example you know we i think the way we're born is we are naturally quite cynical Um, so you know, coming into a culture like Sales Loft, which sounds like an unbelievable culture, how, how do you sort of, you know convert the unconverted in some respects and and, 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 and start measuring look, you know, are these guys bought into to to, to, to what we're putting forward here and, and how do we measure that, if that makes sense?
2: I think it comes down to um, I mean y- it should sort of be involved in the interview process you should know your core values and when you're doing the interview you should make sure that they align with your core values so making sure that someone uh, shows resilience or is customer focused or whatever you uh, your core value so we will put i mean first of all we have an, an interview we have a number of people in the company that are trained on interviewing around core values, and that is part of our, our our interview process. Also, when I'm interviewing, I have questions that I will dig into to make sure that they are aligned with our core values. Um, and I don't think it's. I mean, I think if done in the right way, you can turn people around from the from the cynics into believers in it. It's not like a cult where we're it, where we're all praising it or anything like that. It is simply a set of sort of things we have written down that governs our actions and decisions and the way that we act so as long as they're not too ridiculous then it is easy to get people to align with them and uh, and understand that's how the company's built.
0: That's really interesting can you unpack a little bit more about some key things that you try and do in the interview process to bring that into life?
2: Yeah so uh, there is a a good book by Mike Burge that looks at how you strip back experience and other elements to make sure that you're interviewing around what you really want. So I made sure that I was, the first thing to me that I interview on is culture fit or culture ad. And that's different because a lot of people will talk about culture fit. But to me, I learned at LinkedIn that when you start thinking culture fit, you build a team of everybody very similar. Whereas You don't want that. You want a diverse team. So getting down to the culture fit stroke culture ad, but then also looking at um, uh, minimising the experience. So have they sold X, Y and Z? With that, then you can actually, for me, like when I want to see somebody uh, glass half full, I will ask them, "What's the what's the toughest situation they've had in a work environment and how they overcame it, and um, and what the what the result of them doing it was." Um, you can normally tell if someone's focused on results and biased towards action. You can start, I start asking them more about when they've seen an issue and what they've done with it, and even. If they've fallen out with their leader or if they've had a problem with their manager, did you address it with them and how did that go? So, just making sure that they are, um, and it takes a bit of thinking. You don't just sit there. I mean, you can't sit there and go, Are you customer first? Because people will automatically go, Yes. Are you team over self? Yeah. So, it's just asking the situational questions to see how they've reacted in a certain situation to understand exactly are they aligned with those, um, with your core values.
0: What is your advice to people? with really strong company values that really want to get that across when it comes to their employer branding?
2: Uh, plan. It's, it, it's quite, uh, simple when it comes down to it. When I was at LinkedIn, a lot of my time was spent advising companies about how to em- build an employer brand because if I was on talent solutions solution side. So we were helping companies not only search for people, but also build an employer brand on LinkedIn. Um, and recruitment agencies building a brand as well, not just an employer brand. And it was the ones that just went and did it are the ones that you could tell had not done the planning and they weren't as successful. So it, I think really it's making, first of all, it's sitting down and really saying, right, how do we want to portray ourselves? So what we used to talk about is when you when you go to uh, uh, an agency, not recruitment agency, but uh, more of a media agency, if you're talking about building a brand, they'll ask you questions like what kind of car do you want to be or what kind of supermarket do you do you feel you're most aligned to so making sure that you're thinking like that do you want to be the Volvo that's safe do you want to be the Porsche whatever it is thinking like that okay how do we want to portray ourselves I always want to portray ourselves as the sort of the the culture focused fun environment that's successful Um, and relating all of your core values back to that planning stage of how you can portray yourselves but then before any content gets put out making sure i would see it as a checklist okay does any of this content go against any of our five core values does it show that we're putting customer we're not putting customer first or not team over self and making sure it all aligns i think that the the planning part is very very important and this is where you can go wrong by not actually thinking about what you're putting out
0: so, when it comes to organisations, and especially you internally now at Salesloft, looking to plan and get a consistent message when it comes to how they they are portrayed online, how do you go about that that planning session? Is and and what kind of people do you try to incorporate in order to make sure it's consistent?
2: Well, it's, I mean, we try not to restrict people too much. I mean, we have people that don't do much on LinkedIn, but then we have someone like. I don't have seen Tom Boston's posts that he does the videos and he's hilarious. And it's just making sure that he thinks about core values before posting anything and making sure that he can't upset anybody or put or do something wrong. But we also like to make sure that we give them complete freedom in what they do. We have done sessions with external people and myself to make sure we're all aligned on how we should be thinking about putting our, and it's whether you, brand and employer brand sometimes is a massively gray area in the middle. John Boston is putting stuff out for a brand of sales loft, but really impacts our employer brand because they can see our culture as well. So it's just people being aware. And I think it comes back to the people you recruit. And if you put, if you're recruiting the right people, then also making sure you're setting expectations early on, you can leave them to do what you want or you should be able to
1: that's all i see. So, so so from a from a sales perspective then so you know you you see certain companies and they they do do this pretty well so rackspace is a, 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 an example I, I would say who've done this very well they've they've woven their company culture part of their sales process and part of the way they sell that their customers are sort of buying into you know the, the, yep. the brand and what that represents so you know for for, for a company like salesloft how, how do you do that how do you build the brand into the product that they're buying. Um, you know, in Max example, was fanatical support. I think
2: it's it's all one really. I think that, I think that I mean really, people tend to buy in and respond to ideas that inspire them, and whether it's your employees that are buying into the the sort of the idea that of what the company is doing which really comes down to the vision i mean i think really it's the purpose the mission and the vision of a company that really impacts and the core values i mean we regularly talk about i mean our vision is that every seller is loved by the buyers they serve okay and that's about making sure that that our clients can offer a great experience to their prospects and clients and that's a great purpose to have because it's not about making money it's about making sure that we're improving the sales function the sales industry Um, and that's what people get behind and we will talk about this in sales processes because if we can sit down and say like this is what our vision is and within our core values one of them is putting the customer first um, then you can sort of get an idea of how we work as a company and if we actually know what our core values and our mission and vision are then it's probably something that means a lot to us so i agree and when i was at linkedin we had our mission and vision and we it worked well for people to understand we weren't there just to build the biggest network it was actually uh, to help other people out in the world which is really important
1: yeah i think i think that's really important you know the key things that you said there for me are, are ideas that inspire them uh, and mission and vision you know you look at all the great companies that have great brands and it's built around, they've got a, a simple mission, which is their go-to-market. Um, and then they've got a vision in terms of where they want to be. And that's what both the people who work for that brand, but the people who buy into that brand, that's the reason why they buy into that brand. So I think, so I think that's, yeah, that's
2: really if, if you look at Simon Sinek, Start With Why, his uh, TED talk that he did, it's very much around that, about Apple and Microsoft, about Apple. Start With Why um microsoft don't and when you think about how we our emotions when we think about and our feelings when we think about apple as a brand compared to microsoft as a brand we most people lean towards apple and their their actual brand itself whether they want their products or not because it's um of what they've built starting with why
0: guess moving on to the rapid fire round the first question that i'm really keen to ask what's your what's your favorite book and why
2: uh so there is one a book I have quite a few favorite books. My true favorite is one called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, um by Robin sharma And it's one that I I mean, I like learning about stuff and there's things like emotional intelligence, mindset, and happiness advantage that I thought were great books as well. But The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, I never learned so much about myself uh reading any other book than that. And I think that it's one of those that it's not the way you're just learning what it tells you, you're reading it and learning about yourself behind it um and it helped me understand things like I always thought that my purpose was that I was a family man when I actually read that book I I saw it as a I understood more about why I do things and I understood my purpose a lot more and it helped me decide what I wanted to be doing from my next job so I think as a book it's transformational I think it's absolutely fantastic book
1: nice um so in, in in this new covid world um talk, talk us through your daily routine what works for you what doesn't work for you
2: um so my daily routine i uh tend to get up early and i either try go for a run or a dog walk before nine o'clock and i get to my desk at nine o'clock i don't get to my desk before then i will actually get at 10 to nine so that i can plan for my nine o'clock meeting but i don't I have no goal of sitting there before that. Um, I'd rather take that time out to actually either walk the dog with my wife or go for a run by myself. Once I've done that, my routine is at my desk most of the day. I make sure I go away from my desk for lunch. Um, it's um, on a Wednesday. We do have a team lunch um, over Zoom. But every other day I will make sure that I'm away from my desk for that lunch break and then back I try and make sure that I am close my laptop and finish by half five, six every day. I, it's too easy to actually just sit here and then suddenly realize it's seven o'clock. So I make a conscious effort to make sure that I'm doing that. And then I'll either try go cook dinner. I need something. And normally it's a beer to actually symbolize that I've finished working, uh, unfortunately. But it is getting away from my desk and I, do, I have started trying to take my daughter to play tennis at five, six o'clock to make sure that I get a little bit more exercise in a day. That's it. I mean, I, oh, and then also I've realised that I can't read workbooks when I get to bed because my sleep pattern's so messed up. I have to read some fiction. And um, so that's what I do and uh, try to relax and get a good sleep, which at the moment seems hard.
0: Ollie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, if, if there anyone's, If anyone's kind of interested in reaching out is that okay and, and where can they find you
2: yeah linkedin just uh contact me on linkedin um i do get lots of approaches and i'm not there to be to on linkedin unless someone's very open about it and says i'm gonna i'm interested in selling to you but uh please reach out mention that you've heard me on this and um it'd be great to connect and if i can help anybody in any way um you can just ask
0: amazing thank you so much for your time Ollie. it's been great to have you on the show